The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we're venturing into the rare earth space with Victory Metals. The code is VTM, trading at around 22.5 cents for a market cap of $18 million. Now, Victory has just announced a, uh, an initial mineral resource estimate for its North Stanmore project, which is uh, about 10 k's outside of uh, the historic old town of Kew in WA's uh, Midwest or the centre of the Murchison, if you prefer. And to bring us up to speed on what the this uh, mineral resource estimate means and where is next for the company, we have Brendan Clark, the CEO and Executive Director. G'day, Brendan. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, good day, Barry. Thanks for having me on, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, Brendan, um, as I said, the big news recently is the establishment of an initial inferred mineral resource of uh, 250 million tonnes at 520 ppm total rare earth oxide. Fill us in. What's, what's it mean, you think? Yeah, it's been an interesting 12 months. Well, it's been a busy 12 months for us since we um, made this discovery of uh, rare earths in Q. And um, it's been a massive learning curve. And uh, my life's been a bit easier because I went and headhunted the best in the business. And uh, they're our technical kind of lead, Professor Ken Collison. So I live and breathe rare earths now. And, um, you know, it's still kind of um, getting out there in the market. But you know, a lot of people wouldn't realise that. Um, you know, we talk about battery. You know, you know that they're not they're not battery minerals, but they're certainly used in um, you know EV vehicles, wind turbines, and uh, it's kind of the way forward. But you know, people don't realise that they're even used in things like pacemakers and you know all sorts of aspects um, in our everyday life. So uh, it's it's very important that we continue to educate the market and uh, and how important you know where it's are. So we have announced our um, MRE last week and uh, 250 million tonnes at 520 ppm. And uh, it is all about education because with rare earths, it's not just about grade. Uh, in fact, it's more important to look at what's made up of those 15 elements and what those percentages are. Mm. So Victory hosts uh, market-leading grades of dysprosium and terbium for, you know, we have the, we have the largest um, resource um, heavy rare earth resource in, in Australia. So at 250 million tonnes, we have the highest ratios of heavy rare earth to total rare earths, which is 33%, and uh, 54% critical metals are identified by the US government in 2022. So it's a very, very important system for, uh, for, for Australia and actually the world. And um, when you break down the basket price, that's what this is all about. With rare earths, there is uh, items like uh, lanthanum and cerium, they're only worth about $1.20 a kilogram. When you look at um, dysprosium and terbium, by the way, that are looking at a 70% deficit by uh, 2030, um, you know, they're very valuable and, uh, you know, they, they vary between 500 and, uh, you know, up to a couple of thousand dollars a kilogram. So you can't just look at look at grade. You can have 2,000 parts per million, but 1,500 parts per million may be cerium or lanthanum, yeah. which is not rare and not valuable. So that's the message we have to get across. Victory has uh, has has defined a resource of 250 million tonnes, which is the which has the highest portions of heavy rare earths 
which are the critical and variable heavier earths in Australia. And, uh, and that's only a fraction of our area drilled. Um, it only covers 18% of our, uh, of our exploration target, which uh, ranges between 700 million tonnes and uh, 1.1 billion tonnes. So, um, yeah, that's the message we want to get across, Barry, is the, uh, it's not about the parts per million. It's about what your rare earths are made up of and, uh, and, and how many of the critical rare earths you actually carry in your basket. Right. Now, this is um, flat-lying satellite clay horizon. We, are we calling it a clay deposit or ionic? Ionic clay regolith. It's a, it's, a new, it's a new type of deposit, and the good thing about it is we're getting extraordinary uh, recoveries as well. So our, um, you know, NDPR, DYTB, you know, about 77% recoveries in a very good economic environment as well. So, um, you know, the right, you know, sulfuric acid, so um, hydrochloric acid is quite expensive. Well, it's about four times the amount of sulfuric acid. A blend with ammonium sulfate, um, very low leaching times and in a very good, uh, very good environment. And something else on the I need to mention, Barry, um, that, um, you know, we need to mention is the gang material. So when you recover... When you recover your earths, you recover everything and you get stuck with gang material. So uh, to date, our metallurgies um, outlined very low levels of those gang materials, sitting around 10 or 15%. So that's very encouraging. Right. So who have you got working on that for you, the, on the Met side of things? We've got Core. They're based out of Brisbane. Mm. And, um, and we're currently in the process at the moment of um, producing our first um, mixed rare earth carbonate. And uh, very excited about uh, getting that, um, you know, out to the market. Right. Now, in, in addition to the uh, initial resource estimate, there was a establishment of a, I'll say, quote unquote, expiration target. You can't make these things up; they have to be stock exchange compliant. Uh, Seven hundred million to one point one billion tons. So this uh, resource is uh, well, it's not constrained in any way. It seems in terms of scale. Uh, correct, um, and that's actually over about. Uh, we've already drilled that area. It just requires infill, um, and that's uh, so the MRE that we've got at 250 million tons is only over 18 percent of the area already drilled with mineralisation. Um, so it's very encouraging, and uh, we host um, a significant amount of land to the you know in all directions where mineralisation is open, and um, there's potential for victory to become literally one of the you know if not the largest but one of the largest you know deposits in the world, but. Although scale is important, it's it's about quality, and uh, I believe in the um, in the infer in the initial um, MRE area um, that is a sizable um, project, and that's what our priority is to to continue infilling that area, um, which will give further confidence in relation to the grade, and um, it's very likely that we're going to see a grade increase from having more drilling, um, and then the, uh, the the consultant, the the competent person, doesn't have to be so so conservative you know, not knowing what's between holes. So um, we're going to infill the drill, uh, the MRE area, and uh, and that will, in, you know, in increase the uh, category from inferred to uh, indicated. Mm -hmm. Also, we, uh, we we believe it's going to, um, uh, you know, increase the grade as well. And that's exactly what happened with our, um, you know, peers of ours who we look up to, IXR. Um, same thing. They, they started with a lower inferred grade, and as they uh, moved to indicated with more drilling, um, they had uh, more confidence and they increased their grade. So we expect the same results. Okay. So give us a feel for the uh, uh, the lay of the land, as it were, with this ore body. It's uh, covered by 
does it start from surface? Um, what's the average thickness of uh, the mineralization? You think those sort yeah, of things? it does uh, in in areas it does start from surface Barry. Um, one thing that's really um, quite unique about uh, what we've got out there is Q is a very famous gold region, mm. and um, you know for over a hundred years they've been um, picking up sizable nuggets from the uh, from the surface, and as technology has gone on and metal detectors and processes have improved. They continue to uh, to pick up very very good alluvial gold through the region. Um, we've also got um, uh, so so what we believe we're going to have there is we're going to um, just going to help with our stripping ratios. Is we're going to look at a process of recovering the alluvial gold. Uh, very hard to quantify alluvial gold yeah. um, because it's the nuggety effect. But uh, the, the certainly it's one of the most famous regions in uh, in Australia, and uh, we believe that we're going to um, yeah look at picking up that alluvial gold. Um, through our through our process, so that's going to be very good for us as well. You just had what a small gravity plant running that, or uh, still a bit early, but um, yeah, we've got some beneficiation um, recently that we've announced as well. So um, we've we actually believe that we can get our feed grades up by about one hundred and forty eight percent, as we've identified that um, the majority of our rare earths actually caught up in the finer fractions. Okay. So um, we're going to be looking uh, at the collection of alluvial gold through that beneficiation process. Early on, there was um, uh, some indications of uh, higher grade material in the underlying um, the saprock uh, below the clay-hosted material. Is that still the case or is that a focus for later on? Correct. But we've actually identified, um, you know, even up to, um, yeah, over, over 1% in, in our clays. So... You know, there's something very unique happening with that system. We know that we've got an alkaline intrusion uh, in the region that we've identified on our tenement in North Stanmore. Alkaline intrusions are known to be the engine rooms for critical metals and rare earth elements. So that's kind of a future follow-up with some some deeper drilling. Um, and uh, we're actually doing some uh, lithologies across all our end of holes at the moment to kind of identify what's happening at depth. But, yeah, we're getting, um, even in our close, over 1%. And uh, we believe with the infill drilling, that, um, as I said, the, the consultants, the resource consultants aren't going to have to be so conservative because they're going to have more more data, more holes. And um, we've seen that actually where we've got closer drilling. We do see a, um, an actual um, increased grade. So uh, I think our average grade at a cutoff of 500 parts per million was about 970 ppm. Um, but you've got to remember, Barry, these um, resource consultants, they identify what they believe is an economic uh, deposit. So they've identified for victory um, with the with the data quality data set we've got. 400 ppm is a suitable cutoff grade, um, and that's because we have a very large portion, as I mentioned before, of heavy rare earths. Yeah. So if we were light rare earth enriched, certainly the project would need a higher cutoff grade, and there'd be different. You know, we'd be looking at different processes, and um, you know, would certainly want to see an increase of price with light rare earths, but. Fortunately, we've got a very substantial ratio of heavy rare earths, and that's what really sets us apart, and that's what makes this project really, you know, quite exciting, or very exciting. As you said, every project is different, but I was just wondering, um, is it valid to compare? As everyone knows, uh, China, southern China produces a lot of rare earths from uh, ionic clays. Um, is there any uh, way we can uh, compare with what's going on in China with this project? Uh, it's very difficult because China uh, don't release, um, you know, reliable data sets. Mm. Um, but we certainly, from from what's happening with um, our bigger brothers in the market, uh, Meteoric and IXR, things like that, um, we certainly victory, you know, and, and not and not knocking them. I think we, we look up to them and, um, and we all, you know, hope to be, you know, processing one day together. 
Um, but one thing that's uh, very unique, as I said, is uh, is what we carry from reported information is those such levels of heavy rare earths. Mm. Um, and um, and unfortunately, it's very hard to understand what's happening out of China. There is uh, there is talk that there could even be a uh, export ban, as they did a, a few months ago with some other metals on rare earth elements. They did it in 2011. Um, there's talk that it could happen very soon. If that happens, it's going to be another game changer to the sector. But the world is just looking for reliable sources of um, of, of rare earth elements. And, um, you know, WA is, uh, is, is you know, voted by the Fraser's Institute, voted the um, best jurisdiction in the world. So, you know, that's that's something that, uh, that, that North Stanmore has going for it as well. Yeah, okay. Now, um, we're WA, uh, interesting in the mining space in terms of tenure. I was just wondering, are you on Crown land there? Any native title claims, anything like that? Uh, there's no native title claims. We get you know along well with our. Uh, we've got two heritage parties we deal with, um, and uh, you know discussions with the, the, the major one in the sense of uh, where the majority of North Stamor is. Uh, we have a very good relationship with those guys, and um, and uh, and uh, work very closely with them. And um, they've been very um, proactive in getting to site uh, very efficiently to uh, to conduct heritage surveys on on you know on our behalf and. Um, They've been very good to work with. So, uh, in relation to the crown land aspect, we um, that's that's quite unique as well. We don't have any uh, any landholder issues. We don't have any freehold land issues where we have to negotiate to buy any farmland or you know anything like that. So it's very favourable. And um, you know the, the biggest thing that we've got to to fight with is a few cattle that get in our way every so often. Um, other than that, we don't have to resettle anywhere, anyone from, you know, from the, there's no one residing on the actual, you know, on, on the tenement area at all. Um, and also the, uh, you know, want to mention the weather conditions, you know, Q has, um, you know, it's very well positioned. Um, you get a bit of rain, but, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's in the hot months and, um, you know, it comes and goes as quick as it's there. So, you know, it's very favorable weather conditions for, um, you know, when you look at longer term and getting a mine up and running. And um, uh, we've also, you know, bordered by, you know, one of the most major road networks in the in in Australia, and that's the Great Northern Highway. So, mm. you know, that actually runs through North Stanmore. So we're very well positioned um, with, you know, with great logistical advantages. And, um, you know, by being on Crown land, it's uh, very favourable. We just, uh, you know, eliminate having to deal with too many stakeholders. So how do you get there? Do you uh, fly in, or is there... Uh, there? There is a regional. There is a, a uh, local airport, and um, our neighbours Westgold actually fly in a okay. seventy-six seat uh, charter plane. So um, yeah, very good facilities. Um, it's also about four hundred kilometres from the Geraldton Port on Sealed Road, and uh, about six hundred and fifty kilometres from Perth. So our team uh, generally makes their way there by road, uh, but there is facilities to uh, to fly in. Yeah. Okay. Now, a million-dollar question for you. Uh, it's established a, this initial inferred mineral resource, uh, large scale, with uh, exploration, uh, obviously, uh, target potential to grow it even further. Market cap, $18 million. Um, seems to be out of kilter with some of your peers in the ionic uh, clay space. What, uh, what do you think is going on there or the reasons behind that? Um, until now, Barry, we actually um, haven't been able to release an updated basket price and that's what it's all about. So um, we've just recently announced in our investor presentation um, a estimated basket price that sits at about $102,000 per uh, per tonne. Um, and that is what it's all about. As I referred earlier, 
you've got to look at the elements you've got and there is a you know different ways you can get kind of price guidance on those and uh, and that's what it's all about it's all about if you've got a light earth enriched system your basket price is not going to be at those levels no. um, so in this mre we've identified 130,000 tons of contained um total rare earth oxide and uh and you know when you look at you know the value of $102,000 a ton. Um, I don't understand why we're sitting at 18 million other than education. And uh, and now that our basket price is out there and people can see the significance and how unique this system is. Um, but we've got to get through. It's not just about grade. Of course, grade's important. It's about how many tons of, uh, you know, total roads you've got and what is the value of that material. So you cannot look at any any of these projects the same. They are all very unique. Yeah, that's a uh, is a very high basket price. Uh, bring it back. What one hundred and two dollars a kilo? That's right. Correct. Yeah, right. Australian dollars. Yep. Which um, even if we talk about the the big name on on the ASX, uh, Linus, I think their basket price in the last quarter was was it thirty forty dollars something. Uh, like that. Correct. Yeah, and that's because um, you know Linus uh, again somebody we uh, we look up to, and um, uh, but they're dominated by light rare earths. You know, victory is uh, is very unique again you know, with that heavy earth ratio, and that's uh, that's what we continue need to um, educate the market about. Right. Okay. And um, currently, that when we say one hundred and two dollars a kilo, that's um, that's based on current uh, rare earth prices or forecast rare earth prices. Correct. It's some of those. That's that's including some forecast until two thousand twenty five, um, and then it's also some current pricing as well. 2025 obviously you know this project um as we move to scoping studies etc you know 2000 end of 2024 25 would be you know it's more realistic to look at kind of those uh, price forecasts uh so brendan um very uh, interesting story what should uh, investors be looking out for in the uh, next six to 12 months from the company as they advance the project yeah, what we're really pushing forward now on is infilling that um, that the Emory area, um, as mentioned earlier, uh, increase the grade by bringing more confidence with more drilling, increase the category of uh, from inferred to indicated, and uh, that will also include an increase um, to scale as well in that uh, defined area. So that is uh, that's that's really exciting over the course of the next three to six months, and then we've got the um, the ongoing network that uh, we're going to generate our own mixed rare earth carbonate. And uh, as soon as we've got uh, that infill drilling, then we're going to go into scoping studies. So um, a lot happening currently and uh, and during the next kind of, you know, next three months after that. Right. Get out there and bang the drum on that uh, basket price. Correct. And uh, yeah, it's education and just let the people know that you, you can't compare these systems, apples with apples. Let's mm. look at what the blend of rare earths are. Look at the basket price. Look at the other factors, as I mentioned, that the, the land status that we're on Crown land, look at the location, look at the jurisdiction that we're dealing in. All these things do count. And of course, metallurgy. And one other thing I want to mention, Barry, is the actual radioactive anomalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, uranium, thorium, they, they come through when you process rare earths, uh, similar similar to heavy rare earths. So when you've, when you've actually recovered and you've processed, you then need to now remove those. You, you, you've got hot material theoretically, so you need to look at how you remove those out of the system. And uh, unfortunately, with uh, North Stanmore, um, we've got no radioactive anomalism through our, um, you know, through our discovery. And again, that's something else you need to look at. How would that be managed when you're processing rare earths? And uh, that's looking very favourable for uh, for Victory. And just uh, out of curiosity, North Stanmore, 
um, there's not much out there in that part of the world north of anything. I was just wondering, what is Stanmore? Is that a cattle station? Uh, no, North Stanmore is just a historic um, gold. It was a historic gold name for the project um, because we're in a very active gold region, mm-hmm. and uh, we just picked up the uh, picked up and run with that. So uh, yeah, nothing other than uh, than the uh, historical <laughs> gold, the historical gold that's uh, that's already there. Okay, you learn something every day. Uh, and just finally, we can't let you go. The uh, rare earth space um, it's a bit depressed at the moment. But what's your view on the near to longer term? It's as I said, rare earths are in our everyday life. Um, you know, there's more and more concerns with what's happening in China. You know, looking at what happened in 2010-11 when they put up put up um, put the brakes on export of rare earths. You know, they jumped up four thousand percent, and that was when we didn't have the uh, the whole EV and uh you know mm-hmm. green movement we have now so it's going to be you know it's going to be very interesting to see what happens out of china but more importantly um our looks very um very strong uh and turbine as i mentioned there's going to be you know predicted to be a deficit of 70 percent of those two heavy rare earths you know by 2030 um victory hosts very high percentages of those two um magnet metals so the overall outlook is very very strong and uh and you know, more importantly, again, coming from a, uh, a safe and um, geopolitical, you know, um, safe uh, mining region like Western Australia, I think that's going to be the key. And uh, that's what the world's going to be continuing to look for. And, you know, you know this, this kind of supply coming from a very reliable source where we, you know, we also uphold, you know, very good ethical standards with our mining processes. I think all that longer term needs to be considered. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Brendan. Fascinating story, an evolving story, fast moving, um, already a substantial uh, mineral resource and uh, more to come. So we'll be watching with interest. Good luck with it all. Yeah, thanks, Barry. Very exciting times. Uh, yeah, moving ahead. Cheers. Cheers.